0: Welcome to the Cochrane Community Church podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us, and we look forward to how Jesus will impact your life through this message. See, at Cochrane Community Church, our mission is simple we want to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know Him as Savior. And this means that we strive to be a loving, Christ centered community of believers. We just want to say thank you so much again. For taking the time to tune into this episode, and at this time, please sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode.
1: You just never know, do you? Good to see everybody today. And I love that last song, Jesus Christ or Living Hope. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, right? Amen, Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Great day to be in God's house today. Uh, One thing that I do want to mention to you as we start is we have opportunity to share the living hope of Jesus Christ with others in this right here. This is huge. This is huge. And um, we have these out in the lobby for you. Why don't you grab one, two, three, four of these, whatever you can, and fill them up and bring them back, and let's... Uh, be the church that blesses lives all across the world, which is what we do, right? That's what we do. So I want to remind you that these are out there, and we do have a deadline to get them back in place so they can get shipped out before Christmas. And if you would uh, please be a part of that, we've had great success with that, and I'd love to see us break the record this year. Let's break the record, okay? Let's do that. And I want to thank Randy also for filling in for me last week. Um, I understand that uh, he had a message that God had laid on his heart a burden to share this message. So he prayed for me to be sick. And sure enough, (laughs) I called him on Thursday. And I don't know if you know anything about public speaking. When somebody calls you on Thursday and wants you to, out of the blue, have a message prepared a few days later... It's a challenge, and he rose to the challenge because God had already given him the message, and uh, he had been praying for me to be sick. He knew it was going to happen, and there he is, and he talked about hope, but I didn't have any hope of being here on Sunday, so he uh, covered for me, and I thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate that at a moment's notice, and uh, what a, a great message it was. I appreciate that so much, and uh, we're going to get started today. We're going to the final... Day of our series, weird this way. What's the first fill in? My what? My my behavior must reflect my what? Yeah, who filled that in already? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, you at home? I hope you knew that too, right? Your behavior must reflect your Savior. I know that uh, we've been saying that every week because we need to get that in into our DNA, don't we? That our behavior reflects our Savior in all situations. As challenging as it is, it's challenging. We won't always get it right, but uh, you know, with the Lord's help. I can do all things. I was down there praying before I came up here. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And uh, that's a good uh, reminder of that. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Now, what I want to ask you today is, uh, how have you been doing with being weird? Would you say you've been doing okay? Remembering this stuff throughout your week, throughout your life, uh, your day-to-day? Have you been doing okay with being weird? Yeah, no No uh, comment? A couple of head shakes? So i got some things I want to give away today. I gotta ask you some questions and let's see where we go with this. That's stuck on there. Got a couple of things to give away in uh, memory of this series. So I need to ask you raise your hand if you have been here for all weeks of the Weird Series, raise your hand. You didn't miss any Sunday during this series. Raise your hand. Just a few of you, some, gosh, you guys, some of you have missed uh, quite a few, okay? Now, keep your hand, now, if you have been to a small group for all weeks of the Weird Series, raise your hand. Good. Now, if you have your hand up, keep your hand up if that is you. If you've been to services and you've been to the small group, been to small group. All right, now, out of you, who has a birthday in October? Those of you that have raised your hand. Anybody have a birthday in October? Nobody? That has, okay, and you've been to the weird small group? Nope, gotta be, who went to the weird small group all six weeks and had a birthday in October? Nobody, who had a birthday in September that did all of those things? Okay, there's one. Randy, got something for you. Stay weird, Randy. (laughs) Stay weird, okay, he did all those things. We're gonna stay weird. You gotta put this on a shelf somewhere. This, and, and by the way, I researched this to make sure it wasn't anything bad. It's not anything bad. So there you go. Stay weird. Who else? Anybody have a birthday in October? How about if you had a birthday in October and you didn't make it to all the things? There we go. We've got two of you right here. Stay weird. Stay weird. And then, Larry, I'll give you one since you raised your hand. This is a reminder. By the way, you can get T-shirts, tennis shoes, all kinds of things that say stay weird on them. So there's your reminder. Thank you, sir. Good. Let's give it up for our winners today. Stay weird. That's what we've been talking about. Staying weird. And with that in mind, let's do a review of the last few weeks and what we've been talking about. Jesus came on the scene. Remember that. And he rocked his neighborhood. He was strange. He was different than everybody else. I remember when I was growing up, we had a kid in my neighborhood. We'd be outside playing, having the time of our lives, 10 years old. And he would say, Oh, I got to go in. Star Trek's on. Now, When I was 10 years old, I didn't like Star Trek, and nobody did, but he did. And it was weird. He would leave, and Jesus did the same thing, right? He would go to the synagogue, and he would teach scriptures and hang out with uh, uh, the priests there. And because Jesus saw the world through a different lens than his contemporaries, because he is the son of God and everything, right? And his teaching, for lack of a better word, freaked people out. It was weird, And he continued his continued instruction and teaching on being different throughout his life was like, love your neighbor. Leave your mother and your father and follow me. Love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Don't worry about tomorrow. And all of those things are totally opposite from the way that our society tells us to live 2,000 years ago and today, both. It's opposite because of the sin that lives within us. Our human nature, our sinful nature is totally opposite. Totally opposite of what society expects, too. Our society doesn't expect us to be forgivers and forgetters and turn the other cheekers, whatever you want to say. Totally opposite. And number one, here we go. We're going to blow through the, our review. Number one, weird people don't act like normal people act. It's been what we've been talking about for five weeks. We looked at the passage from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said all those things that are just shared, First Peter, where he said, be different, be weird, be peculiar, set up the series, because normal isn't working. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, there are two ways to go. You can go the narrow way, which is to follow him, or you can go the broad way, the way everybody else goes in this world, the weird way, he says, and that is living your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Very few people choose that way. Everybody's doing all the other stuff. We learned from Mary and Martha about priorities. Jesus came over. What would you do if Jesus came over? Martha got out the lemonade, the chips, and the salsa, and got all the stuff prepared. And Mary's like, Jesus is at my house. And she sat at his feet. And it boiled down to this. Number two, weird people prioritize their life around their faith, not their calendar. How's that working out for you? What's first in your day-to-day? Busy? We're the feet of Jesus. It's challenging, isn't it? And that priority thing plays out in our finances, too, that we learned We always have money to buy what's important for us, don't we? Somebody said to me once, and I'll, I'll never forget it because it made so much sense. He said, no matter how bad the economy gets, no matter what goes on in our world, the local bar will always be open. Is that true? Because people have money for what they want to have money for. It's absolutely true. We learn this about our resources. Number three, weird people put God first and stuff second time, talent, tithes, treasures, resources. I heard from a few, few of you about the reality of the next one as well what came next? What's normal? Living for the approval of others. We do that, that's a struggle for a lot of people. What are others going to think? I struggle with that. What are people going to think? Who can I impress? How many likes can I get on my post? How many shares can I get on my YouTube video? All of this stuff. We're consumed by what other people think. And if we are consumed about what other people think, I said this a few weeks ago, then our God is too small in our eyes, isn't he? If the opinions of others drive your self-worth, then your God is too small. Too small. Weird people, number four, live in the fear of the Lord. And I don't mean fear of uh, being squashed like a bug. I don't mean that fear. Fear, treating God with respect because of who he is. It's not about being afraid of him. Because, you see, the approval of God is all that matters. And if we seek affirmation and approval anywhere else, and our God is too small, only his opinion of us matters. We have nobody to impress. Nobody. Man, our society has it backwards, right? Our society has it backwards. Two weeks ago, before Randy prayed me sick, we talked about this one, number five. Weird people don't even have a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed in their life. Not even a hint. Yikes. Not even a hint was the fill in there. Not even a hint. Why? We got our reminder from the Apostle Paul from Ephesians chapter 5. says this, verse 8. You were once darkness, John, but now you are light in the Lord. You were once darkness. He it it doesn't say in darkness. That's what I like about this. He doesn't say in darkness. No, you were actually darkness personified before Jesus came into your life. If you have him as your Savior. If you don't have him as your Savior, you still are darkness. Once in darkness, once darkness, I viewed the world, walked in as everybody else does. I'd like to think I'm pretty weird now. Everybody says that anyway, set apart, peculiar, all the things that we've been talking about. And then today, now for the last week of our series, we're going to put all that together, kind of, put it all into practice as we briefly consider one more thing about being weird. Okay, so I've got to ask you a question. We got to get all of our wheels turning today as we dig into this. I want to start by asking you this. What burdens you? What breaks your heart? What burdens you in our world, the world around you? What breaks your heart? They put plenty of commercials on TV, don't they, to uh, break your heart? The newest one's like blind puppies with wheels. I, you know, I don't know where they get this stuff at. Who has a blind puppy with wheels? Raise your hand. I, no, please don't. Please don't. But I mean, they put that on TV, right? The latest ones are these blind puppies. And some of them have wheels. like, please send your money to help blind puppies. We need to buy wheels for more. I don't know what that's about. But right, they break our hearts. They put hungry kids on TV, orphans, people that need help in all sorts of ways, disasters, all this, because the media knows very clearly how to play on our emotions. But let me challenge you. Here's the thing. If you think about what breaks your heart, okay, what's a burden maybe that you have? Think about that. Have you ever considered that perhaps this burden, this thing that breaks your heart is given to you by God? Ever thought of that? your wheels turning, perhaps given to you by God. And Pastor Craig Groeschel, who puts the series together, said this, if you listen, God will show you something that makes your heart ache on behalf of his. If you listen. I think a Mother Teresa came to my mind when I thought of that as she does in this situation, right? Being burdened for poor people and giving everything up and going to India. Maybe maybe that's what God's saying to you. Giving everything up to go to India. I have a few things that break my heart. Kids being neglected, that bothers me. Kids being bullied, kids being teased or picked on or very ill when you see those commercials for Shriners Hospital and stuff like that. That, that is a burden for me. That breaks my heart. Uh, the media... Um, so I have a couple of those. I have a burden for us in this room, online, wherever you are, becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus, myself included. I have a burden for that. Becoming fully devoted upper room disciples. And I could go on. All of us have different burdens and different, different things that break our hearts. There's one that uh, some of you know, but most of you don't know. I have a burden for churches that are struggling, dying and neglected churches. There's hundreds of churches close every year. Some of those, they're doing Christianity a favor, honestly, by closing their doors. But some of them are just stuck and need a hand up. They're in their community, and they're struggling, and they've lost what they once had, and they just need a hand up. I have a burden for that. We're going to talk about the local church being the hope of the world next week. But I want to get your wheels turning today on what breaks your heart. What, what is your burden? Maybe God put it there. Turn to Nehemiah, chapter 1. Familiar, you guys know this, not going to surprise anybody. That's okay. God's word is active and alive. It's different every time I read it. I love this story. I got into it for uh, this week's message, and I wish we were doing the whole thing. I just want to do the whole thing now because we're just going to look at a little part of it. But go to chapter 1. Let's talk about burdens. Let's talk about our hearts being broken. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hechaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa. Han and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province. Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. I stopped there. Familiar story. Most of us know about Nehemiah on the wall. Maybe you don't. If if you haven't read this story, that it's great. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's a really, really good, really good story. Very familiar. He's a Jew. He's living in Susa, which is in modern day Iran, where the Persian winter palace is, the citadel, as he calls it. Now the Jews had been back in Jerusalem after being in exile. They've been back in Jerusalem. This is after their Babylonian captivity. And Nehemiah's brother was there. In Jerusalem and back in there, and he comes and visits Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah, uh, obviously just kind of inquires, "Hey, how's things back home? How's everybody doing back there? How's the Jews that uh, survived the exile, the remnants? How are they doing? Not only how are the people doing? how's the city doing? And what happens? He gets bad news. He says, those who survived the exile are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And this is terrible to hear because the holy city would be laid wide open for attacks. for one thing. And they don't need that again. And knowing that Nehemiah is cut to the core, knowing this, Nehemiah is cut to the core. He sits down and he weeps. Why? Because this is his heritage, his homeland, his people. And his heart is just wrecked. His heart's broken. Why is this? He cares deeply for this cause, doesn't he? His heart is broken and it becomes a burden. Heart is broken and it becomes a burden. Pastor Craig Rochelle said this in our study weird people often get blessed. With a burden. Have you ever thought of it as a blessing? We talked about it a minute ago. What has God laid on your heart? or What is on your heart? What causes you concern? Or what, any of that. And maybe God put it there. Have you ever thought of it as a blessing? It's a hard one. I thought of a story. This is a funny story. Maybe a silly illustration. But I was in Akron... When I was a teenager and uh, we were swimming somewhere at a lake, Nesbeth Lake, by the way. And I think uh, Tim and Linda Grover used to live over right by there, by the way, which is totally off what I'm talking about, but we were swimming there in the lake, and a friend of mine had blown up one of those long skinny rafts that you lay on, and he's out in the water doing whatever, and he starts swimming towards shore, and I noticed he's being very particular the way that he swims towards shore with his raft. He's very careful, and he gets all the way to the beach, and he's very careful, gets out of the water, and he carefully carries his raft up to the grass, and he tilts it, and I see him going like that, and I said, what are you doing? What's going on there? He said, oh, 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 well, I was out there in the water, and there was a bee, and the bee was laying in the water, and it was going to drown, so I just felt like I needed to save the bee so we put the bee on the raft and floated it to the ground and uh, floated it to the beach and saved the bee's life and I know you're thinking yikes you know what a story John and it's true but it's a silly example isn't it but not for the bee wasn't a silly example for the bee was it? it wasn't a silly thing I'm sure the bee agreed that it was blessed to be saved. My friend was blessed with the burden to save the bee, and I'm sure that the bee agreed. And what's happening in Susa, though, God is stirring Nehemiah's heart. God has landed this problem, this issue, this burden right in his lap or on his raft, right? He gets this burden. God gives it to him. And this wouldn't be by accident. The burden for the holy city was put on him. That's why I ask you, Have you ever stopped to think about your burden being put on you by God? That's something that it's He wants you to address, and stop there for a minute because I want God to bring something to your mind right now, and I know He probably already has. Go ahead, think about it. What's your burden? What are you burdened for? Maybe you need to write it down on your outline. What breaks your heart? What makes you angry? Is there a bee in your life that needs a raft ride to the beach? Think about it. Has God put that on your heart? Has it been there for a while? Is it growing? It could be personal. It could be family stuff, health stuff, marriage stuff. could be social. could be feeding the hungry, becoming a pastor. Maybe that's your burden. Anything. What is your burden? What keeps you up at night? And if you can think about it right now, have you addressed it? Or have you been thinking about addressing it? It could be immediate, something that you hear about and you go take care of right away. Some people act right away on things. We had a need for repairs of so the roof to be replaced on the 100 wing there. We had a need for steps for sunlight. And, and it was a burden on some of your hearts, and some of you stepped up and, and pitched into the cause because it was a burden for you. And God provided. God provided what needed done at His house here. What a blessing! What a blessing! Will we move and act on the burdens that God lays on our hearts? And perhaps God is speaking to you, allowing it to bug the daylights out of you for His purpose. Because being weird means believers are at the hands and feet of Jesus on earth. That's the point. Normal people may not care about the same things you care about, or they don't want to get involved. I'm going to avoid all that. I don't want to be bothered with that. Change the channel when the puppy comes on with wheels. I don't want to see that anymore. But Jesus followers, weird people, can't discount the fact, can't discount the fact that God may be trying to get your attention because he needs you to act on his behalf. Are your wheels turning yet? I know they are. I've got mine turning. God had Nehemiah's attention. Let's go on. Let's see what happens. And now he has a burden. The rest of uh, verse 4 says, For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, here's Nehemiah's prayer. This is awesome. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decree, you gave your servant Moses. Oh, the pattern of his prayer is really interesting. Look where he goes now. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return, he's telling God's promise right back to him, but if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive To the prayer of this, your servant, and to prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Where are we going with this? First things first, he prays. He prays. First thing, he's wept. His heart's broken. And he prays, I love that. And and look how he prays. He prays with the pattern that we pray around here. He starts with praise. Look at that. He starts, Lord God of heaven, you are great and you are awesome. He seeks God's face before he seeks his hands great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. Then he moves to confession for the nation of Israel. We acted wickedly against you. And he says, and so did I, and so did my fathers, all of that. Then he recites God's promises back to him. I love that. I do that. You said I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Lord. You said your word is active and alive. I do that. And he does that, doesn't he? Recites God's promises back to him. Remember you said you would gather your people back up? Then comes the petition, the ask. He says, give your servant success today in the presence of this man. And then he ends up by saying, I was cupbearer to the king, which is important for this whole thing. Why? Because he's praying for success to have a meeting with the king to get time off of work, basically. I have a job. I'm cupbearer to the king, by the way. Lord, give me success. i got to go ask my boss for time off work. Anybody been there? Prayed? Go ask your boss for time off work? I was cupbearer to the king. He lets us know that. He recites the promises of God. He does all that. He's praying for success. Speaking to the king, he needs a leave of absence. And he's praying for success to go address that burden that God had placed on his heart. Number seven, weird people must acknowledge and pray, as Nehemiah did, about the burden. He needs to be able to go. He needs time off of work. He needs to be able to go back to his homeland. And for us, it's like, don't be a coward, pray. Don't put that on my heart. I don't want to I don't want that to happen, right? Don't be a coward, pray, pray for doors to open, pray for resources. Pray for God to take the burden away from you if you have something on your heart that if it's not meant to be. I felt the Lord calling me to be a, the pastor of a church, the senior pastor for 2 years. Believe me, the last six months of that or the last nine months of that was take this burden away. Nothing is happening. Maybe this is not meant to be. That's, that's okay, Lord. Just move it. Let's move along. Let's move along. And he didn't. He didn't take the burden away, but right? I just had to be patience, patient, patient. I told you that I have a burden for dying in neglected churches, and God hasn't been taking that away from me. I've been praying for that for a long time. I even got certified in church health and revitalization for whenever the opportunity presents itself. And some of that, we've done some of that here. But I've also been praying for other opportunities. I'd love to see this church, this congregation, be a hand up to other churches that are struggling, evangelical churches that are struggling. What about you? Maybe God's burdened your heart for praying more, reading your Bible more. That's a burden all of us have, isn't it? Maybe that's been heavy on your heart. Maybe God's been laying on your heart to witness to a coworker. Man, you just can't bring yourself to do that. But every day you go to work, there's that person that you love. Oh, I want to tell them about Jesus, but they won't like me if I do. Maybe that's your burden. Maybe God's been burdened your heart to serve somewhere. How about serving at Cofino? I pray God makes everybody feel guilty right now about serving at Cofino. No, I'm just kidding. We have a need there, you know. Maybe God has burdened your heart about serving somewhere. Like that. Maybe God's burdened your heart about tithing. Giving to the work of the Lord. What is it for you? And what we find out. He said, after Nehemiah prayed, we don't have time to go into it today. I wish we did, but God answered. He had success when he went and asked his boss for time off of work. He would not only be granted permission to go to lead the rebuilding project, but the king also provided resources for the task. And guess what? 52 days later, the walls were completed. Is that a God thing? Amidst many, you can read about it. Many struggles and challenges and opposition. All of this. Author Marco David said this: God is not expecting us to try to meet all the needs we see around us, but to be faithful to do what He puts on our hearts to do. What is that for you? And Nehemiah was faithful. And he did what God called him to do. You know, the, the name Nehemiah means the Lord comforts. And the Lord used Nehemiah's burden to revive the spirit of the discouraged exiles, to fix the city, to bring them hope. His burden had a purpose. And so I believe that the time is now for you, for me, for this church to be burdened by their desire, first of all, To put all the attributes of being weird into practice, the ones we just went over. To be set apart, peculiar upper room disciples who make disciples who make disciples. To put all of that into practice. Look at those first five things you filled out on your list. My burden is for all of us to be burdened by those five things. At least. And live the way God has called us to live. I pray uh, God burdens our heart to put him first, to prioritize our life around our faith, to live with deep respect for him, with not even a hint of immorality or greed. Because when we do this, when we stay connected to Jesus, as I always say, allowing others to see him in us, living the way he has called us to live, then our hearts will break for the things that break his I want my heart to break for the things that break his. God's heart breaks all the time. Here's how we put that into action. Some practical steps. Identify your burden. Pray about it. And the most important one there at the bottom... Act on it. Do you know how much the work of the Lord has been accomplished by people acting on the burden God puts on their heart? Just think about Paul. He has a burden for Gentiles. Peter had a burden for Jewish people coming to the Lord. Jesus had a burden for you and me to know him as Savior. Pastor Craig said this. God wants to give you a weird blessing, a divine burden to make a difference. It's the weird way things work for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. A savior who took on all the sin and hurt we could not bear in order to bless us with a life we couldn't have any other way. As we conclude the series, don't, don't, don't settle for anything normal any longer because the more we come to know Jesus the more we understand that normal isn't working Colossians 3 Paul why You've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Be weird, not on earthly things. Be weird, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. You are no longer darkness. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I love that. You died. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? First of all, it starts there so that you can walk from darkness to light. If you're not sure about that, we need to talk about it. Why do you think he came? He came that we may have life and have it to the full. He came for the forgiveness of sins because we are so full of sin, inherently full of sin, that there's no way for us to be close to God without what he did on the cross to pay our penalty. If you haven't made that decision in your life to acknowledge your sins and ask Jesus to forgive you for them, let's talk about it. You at home, give us a note. Make that right today so you can step out of darkness into the light. You can live weird (laughs) the way that God has called you to live. You can do this. I heard it said that if you have just enough Jesus to satisfy you, but not enough to change you, you need to answer his knock. Let him make himself at home with you. Maybe you've been a Christian forever. But those five things on our list that haven't meant a lot to you and maybe God's burdening your heart about that right now. It's all for his glory. It's all good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good. You it can be the light in the world that so desperately needs Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your word. Your word is active and alive. We have a amazing opportunity to gather together to, to study and learn together, Lord, and to be convicted of, of, of areas of our life maybe that need to, to be tweaked a little bit and turn towards you a little bit, Lord, and, and there's no condemnation. It's not like you, you sit up there with a, with a ruler ready to crack us on the knuckles or anything like that, Lord. We know that you have our best interest at heart, but I pray you burden our hearts for the things that break yours. One of the big things, obviously, is people that are lost. God wants all to be saved and to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, right? That's what you want. Lost people going to hell breaks your heart. May you lead us, those in here that know you, those watching at home that know you, lead us to be light to the dark world around us. Burden our hearts where we need to get involved or whatever we need to do to make a difference in your kingdom for your glory. What a privilege, what a blessing. You are amazing. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for blessing our life with your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins, all the things that you have so graciously poured out on your people. Thank you so much, oh Lord, that the world may know and want that relationship with your son. It's in his name we pray, amen. Why don't you stand? Let's sing one more song.
0: We hope you found this week's episode relevant and encouraging. We just want to say thanks so much for taking time to listen. And if you'd like, please feel free to share it with a family member or a friend. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like more information about Cochrane Community Church, go online and visit ccubchurch.org. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we would love for you to join us back here next week as we continue to see what it looks like to live a countercultural lifestyle for God. And from all of us here at Cochrane Community Church, we just want to say that we pray that God blesses your faithfulness. We'll see you back here next week.